Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Gielen. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 95th official episode. Today we're doing a sort of off-season preview. We've already had the first trade of the off-season. NBA draft is happening in two days. Right now it's Tuesday, July 27th. It's happening in two days. And we also had a ton of trade rumors going around. Bradley Beal, Pascal Siakam, and a few other names. So... We're gonna go it, this it. is this is setting up to first of all to be to be a very exciting off season and it's it's sort of my favorite time of the year. It's like just when these rumors yeah. and stuff are starting to come out. I'm really looking forward to the next uh, next couple of days, especially as we approach the NBA draft, because I think this first move that we'll talk about in a second is the first of hopefully a few that will happen, uh, sort of like in anticipation of draft night. Um, I heard Adrian Wojnarowski phrase it pretty well on the low post. He basically said that. Before the draft, teams are a lot more flexible with these with these trades because you can make a trade for draft capital and bas- and basically say like these are the guys we want to these are the guys we want to draft with those picks. You don't then have to trade for rookies after they've already yeah. been drafted. Like you, you don't really choose. see that. Yeah, you don't yeah. really see that ever. You very rarely will see a guy who just got drafted get traded like afterwards. So if if you're gonna have, I think Mikhail Bridges actually did that. Yeah, that, well, that's the only person who I really can think of. Well, even you, even sometimes you'll see the case of like one guy will be wearing the team's hat of another team's hat than the team he actually plays on for his first game. Like you know yeah. the classic Luka Doncic, Trey Young example. Um, but even those are like pre-agreed on, or you know agreed on like right in the moment, or it's it's at least the the two teams telling each other who to pick. But basically, you want to make moves on draft night or in anticipation of draft night because. You have a lot of flexibility of, of it creates a lot of flexibility for what goes on that night. The team that you're trading the pick to gets to gets to have a say. You very rarely see these rookies um, get moved like immediately after. So that's that's a quick a quick thing as we approach draft night. But let's start by talking about that first move. Yeah. So the trade happened between the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the Grizzlies sent off the top of my head. I I don't know. They they sent like the the seventeenth pick. And I think the 51st pick and Jonas Valanciunas to the Pelicans in exchange for Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, the 10th pick, and like the the 20s or something. I, I thought it was maybe 20s, but I could be wrong about that. I, I think, well, you you can you can you can follow up with what you think. Let's start with let's start with uh, with the Grizzlies, I guess, because I think I think the Pelicans is the reaction is more immediately positive. For the Grizzlies, I think this trade only makes sense. If they absolutely love whoever they're going to take at number ten, because I think if you move up, if if you move up from from seventeen to ten and take somebody that you're just fine about, and and by the way, the, the Grizzlies have drafted well over the last few years, so I do have faith that they're going to take somebody that they're really excited about and they're going to draft well with the tenth overall pick. But if you move up seven spots only to be only to be like meh, not that confident about the guy that you take at at ten, that's really not such a good thing because they traded the best player in this in this trade and now are a lot less flexible with their cap. Yeah, I agree. They definitely got rid of the best player in the trade. And usually when you do that, it's you're doing that for a specific asset. It's either draft capital and or it's it's salary cap. And they got one of those two things, mm-hmm. but they got one of those two things in exchange for giving up even more of that other thing. So they, they, they got some draft capital, but they not only did they give up the best player, they also gave up um, some more cap space by having to uh, unload like two bigger contracts. I'm pretty sure the Grizzlies got, like, they took on $20 million worth of salary. And on the one hand, like they are uniquely equipped to take on that salary because one, um, like it's not like free agents are necessarily going to Memphis to sign deals as opposed to like you wouldn't this would be worse if it was the LA Lakers because they could get a free agent or, or like the Knicks or something yeah um, and two um, you you also see that John Morant's deal kicks in he's gonna have to get paid like 30 million dollars after his rookie contract because he's a beast that deal kicks in 
once the Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe's contracts expire. So it's not like they're going to have a bunch of salary cap at once with all these three contracts. It's like you unload two, and then you get the John Moran one. Yeah, I, I saw that I think it. I think the Grizzlies aren't actually going to end up with Eric Bledsoe. So, like, I think they're probably not going to end up having to pay him. I think they're going to sort of come to an agreement. It's partially where... guaranteed. So it, okay. it might be a buyout, actually, what happens. I think it's like it's maybe you know like some she's gonna end up on some other team and maybe the maybe the Grizzlies will suffer the consequences of that financially a little bit, um, but not as bad as like sitting on his contract for however many years he has left straight up. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, like the Grizzlies the, the Grizzlies are doing a little bit of what the Thunder did with Al Horford last year, where you sit on you sit on a bigger contract and then maybe you look to trade that contract down the line, or at the very least you you take on draft capital for in order for another team to get rid of a contract they didn't want. Like, that's Steven Adams in this case. Um, probably being paid more money than the Pelicans are were willing to pay him in an offseason where they're probably going to have to go match an offer sheet for Lonzo Ball, and we'll get to that. A Zion extension is coming up, a Brandon Ingram extension. I, I don't know if they already... They might have already extended Brandon Ingram, but they're paying Brandon Ingram a lot of money, yeah. too. Um, this is a young team that's going to have to be dishing out checks, basically. <laughs> so, so they don't want to be that's sitting true. on a Steven Adams contract. And so... The Grizzlies are pulling a little bit of a, a Sam Presti here by taking on this big contract in order for some draft compensation. But here's the thing I, I think is like you're doing that with the Memphis Grizzlies as a current playoff, like playoff contending team, yeah. which is why it's a little bit confusing. Like it's different if you're doing that in a year where you know you're going to be one of the bottom five teams in the NBA. That's not the Grizzlies. This is a, this is a very good team in in their. Um, they beat the Warriors in a, in a they beat the Warriors in a win yeah. in a winner take all game. In, in in the things that I said about about the Pelicans having to go dish out contracts, it's a young team. Like, not true about the Grizzlies to the same extent, but Jaron Jackson's going to want a max at some point. I'm I'm sure. You know, even though we haven't, uh, we he's been injured here and there, right? Like Brandon Clark didn't have the same season this year as he did last year, but is another young guy that you that you probably want to keep around. Uh, Dylan Brooks. And then, of course, John Morant. So, like, this is a Xavier Tillman. Even like they, this is a, this is a this is a young team that is also going to have to pay guys. And so, like I said, I think this all comes back to for the Grizzlies. You have to love whoever you're going to take at number ten, um, or it doesn't make a ton of sense. Let's flip over to the Pelican side. Pelican side, I think this is definitely a plus. I think most people agree yeah. on that. You get the best player in the trade. You get a you get a player. A lot of people are saying can stretch the floor for Zion, whereas Steven Adams was clogging clogging up the paint. I personally d- think this is a bit of an overhyped point because Jonas Valanciunas shot one three game last year, and then mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's not like he he was clogging up the paint for someone else. Like like yeah, he was clogging up the paint. Like John Morant doesn't shoot threes. He like he was he was in John Morant's way half the time, um, and he he only shot one three a game. So maybe he'll shoot two threes a game, but I don't think that's revolutionized revolutionizing zion's game yeah Um, but you still get the you still get the best player in the trade he was like clearly the second best player on the memphis grizzlies last year absolute stud on the board and 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 like and like you can throw him you he's one of the few guys in the league you can throw it to him on the block and he will get you a bucket um i I think i think jonas valanciunas is is strangely like a a a quite underrated player like he is going to come in and be the pelicans third best player comfortably yeah comfortably Um, (laughs) which is like kind of fun like this is like they they get a lot better right here like just based yeah. off of this off of this one trade he's he's a definitely slightly plus defender and i think offensively brings a lot and and like you said like he's not carl anthony towns with the with the three-point shooting right like that's not uh, it's not like you're gonna be running a five out with zion like every possession now but i i do think also like steven adams was at his best with russell westbrook where he, he where he was basically getting dish offs and and lobs and i think that you know, John Morant, and, and you and you said this. Uh, we were talking about the trade yesterday. Is the closest thing that we have to to a Russell Westbrook. Yeah, basically, he, he's, he's baby Westbrook, and I think Stephen Adams is going to mm-hmm. be putting up like not quite prime Stephen Adams performances, but I think he's yeah. going to be putting up significantly better numbers than what it was last year when he was playing with Lonzo Ball because well, Lonzo Ball doesn't net, like get to the rim like like Lonzo Ball is an amazing passer but I don't think he's going to like be getting to the rim and frankly even missing at the rim for Steven Adams to get the putbacks or just to, like draw double teams to get Steven Adams buckets and I think John Morant will totally do that like if I if I'm looking for players to bounce back next year 
I think Steve Adams Nabs is near the top of the list. And you know what's an underrated part of Steve Adams' game is that he's one of the best screeners in the league. Like he's he's just a huge strong dude. Uh, so and, so and is so is Jonas. I'll I'll give that. Yeah, but but if you if you talk to players about like who is the player that you want to get screened against least, it's probably Steven Adams. Dude, do you remember he like um, broke Patrick Beverly? <laughs> like that, dude, Patrick Beverly fell to the ground lifeless after a Steven Adams screen like 3 years ago. So Zion Williamson's not exactly a guy that you have to set screens for. I think he I think he can get to the room just fine on his own. Um John Moran is gonna is going to I think tear the league apart coming off of Steve Adams screens. Um, so 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 I, to be honest with you, like even though Steve Adams is straight up a worse player than Jonas Valanciunas, um, I think that I that he and he and John Morant could definitely mesh well, and the draft compensation like hopefully will will make it worth it. And but I think that the Pelicans here like 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 we keep saying like it makes their cap a lot more flexible. You got rid of two guys in Eric Bledsoe and Steve Adams that clearly didn't fit well with their best players um and in 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 i think that it, it leaves room now for them to go figure out their point guard position which i think is going to be the most important part of their offseason um and and if you remember we we did an episode i you know probably two three episodes ago where we t- it was titled like are zion Williamson and, and ben simmons going to be traded and we talked about how this offseason for the pelicans might be their most important in franchise history because it's going to be very defining for whether Zion Williamson is content in New Orleans. This is a great first step, I think, towards building a better roster, a better fitting roster, especially uh, around Zion. So I'm, ex- I'm excited about this for the Pelicans even more than the Grizzlies, but this could definitely turn out to be a win-win. Yeah, man. Let's talk about the NBA draft. We're not going to do a full mock draft um, can, to, candidly, because to, I, I don't know a lot of the guys who aren't in the top ten. I agree. I, um, I, I am going to over the next two days, like do a deep dive on some of these guys, and just so I can I can sit down and watch the draft and, and like be invested and like know what's going on. But I wish I knew these prospects better than I do. So I'd come on and tell you, like, hey, bro, like I feel like in a normal season, yeah, you have like a month to learn to uh, of no NBA basketball. Dude, the draft snuck up quick. The, the draft snuck up quick because because the season the schedule is so weird. Yeah, 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 like it's mid finals. I'm not going to be looking up like yeah. Jonathan Kuminga highlights, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think that you, you can't talk about the 2021 NBA draft without the first uh, the first point being Cade Cunningham. Yeah, so he's supposed to be the top guy out of Oklahoma State University. I honestly, I didn't watch him too much in the regular season. I watched, like, some highlights and stuff. I watched him in the first round of the, the NCAA tournament and the second round of the NCAA tournament. Um, he, to me, like, everyone's saying he's the first overall pick. And, that like, if you, if, like, if you question it, it's like, dude, what are you talking about? That always seems a little awkward to me mm-hmm. because... That was the case for Anthony Edwards, and he's been he's been pretty good. But then that was also the case for DeAndre Ayton, and, and he's been pretty good as well. But in both of those drafts, there's arguably a better person who's like, it would be taboo to call them the number one overall. And so I don't know who, who it would be. It could be Jalen Green. It could be Evan Mobley. It could be whoever. But I'm always wary of someone being an, an auto number one, especially when I've watched two of their games. And in those two games, he was only okay. You know? Yeah, I guess I would say about consensus number one overall pick guy. So I don't, I I've heard Cade Cunningham be described as like not quite a no brainer at the first overall, but like the consensus num- number one overall. I think when you have a consensus number one overall guy, like 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 you sort of mentioned, it was um, it was DeAndre Ayton and it was Anthony Edwards and whoever else. Like usually the consensus number one overall pick at least doesn't completely flop. Yeah, that's true. Over the last decade, the, the biggest exception would obviously be Mark, Markel Fultz. Uh, and, and I would Anthony say he Bennett. Pro- he prob- but he, Anthony Bennett was oh, not consensus. Oh, yeah, 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 totally He was not the consensus. first overall pick, but not consensus. Um, Markel Fultz was consensus, but those are, there are some circumstances there that were impossible to predict. I would say, in all likelihood, if, if you go with the consensus first overall pick in Cade Cunningham as the Detroit Pistons, you will have... A good player. Yeah. Like, a very like good player. Probably a franchise cornerstone for the next decade plus. You know, like that's that's the way that's the way it usually goes when you have a when you have a consensus first overall pick. And so I don't think you can go wrong if you're the Detroit Pistons picking Kate Cunningham. And I would be shocked if they didn't pick uh, Kate, did, Kate Cunningham. He he was at a D- Detroit Tigers game yeah, yeah. and fans were chanting Cade, like we won Cade, yeah. Kate Cunningham. And, but but that but, se- that seems strange to me though. 
Like, you what, rarely see that happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's very strange. I feel like Cade Cunningham has leaned very heavily mm-hmm. into the, I'm going to be the first pick, and whoever just yeah. happened to have that lottery ball is just, I suddenly love them even before I put on their hat at draft night. Yeah. Um, A little odd to me. We definitely don't see that happening usually. No, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, I think that, I don't think that's him being like overconfident self-obsessed like yes i like i'm 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 the number one it's just he's down man he's down and that that's pretty cool that's pretty cool and i think detroit's gonna love him there have there have been some rumors floating that uh that the pistons are still interviewing other prospects and are like still looking at some guys i would not take that as a sign is that that, that they're actually going to draft one of those guys like i said you it would, would just be, be stupid not exactly. to even give anyone else but, a chance you have to respect the Pistons for at least having their due process or giving the other guys a look. And I think they're just doing their final checks before they say, Keeds are man. Yeah, I'm going to go on record and saying, like, the two games I watched Keith Cunningham, like, I was kind of wondering, like, what's the hype with this guy? It's probably just NCAA tournament. Things are weird. Things are tough. Um, but, he, you know, he was first team All-American as a freshman, which is unusual. Yeah. I just... Like and he has the skills and he's pretty tall. He's like six five as a point guard, so that's pretty cool. I think he's six eight. I think it's. I what? think he's six eight. I, um, I I was gonna say six six. I'm pretty sure it's six eight. It, the, the, what I keep hearing is that his his upside on both ends of the ball is he's just sick, unbelievable. Dude, he's six foot eight. It's, okay, it's playmaking. Okay, it's see, the shooting. It. It's the defense. Okay. It, you know, it's 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 all of the above. He's he's a pretty full you know full package NBA prospect. Um. And he has the potential to be the best player in the draft in any one of those categories, which is why, which is why he's being very high. Like uh, he could, he could go on to be the go-to scorer, the yeah. passer, the, the lockdown defender. I saw him on the JJ Redick podcast. He seems like a very chill guy. Mm-hmm. He's just some character about him. I think, I think the next point because I think, I think we can kind of agree that Keith Cunningham is a lock at first overall. It really gets interesting the few picks after that, and we can go into. Would, should some of the teams in the next, you know, in the top 10 trade their picks or keep them? I think that's going to be one of the biggest trends that we'll see is, like, which teams decide to push for a win now or, or you know, or try to move up, try to move down. One team that's particularly interesting is Oklahoma City. Because I keep saying to whenever, – whenever the topic of Oklahoma City and their stockpile of assets comes up, I keep saying that, like, you know, they have however many first-round picks in the next, you know, five years. You know, if it's 17 picks in five years, like, you're not going to have all 17 of those players on one roster. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like, you can't, you don't have the roster space to do that. Even throwing in the G League, like, it's not how it's going to work. Um, so, at some point, Sam Presti has to start condensing these picks and turning them into a better pick or a better player. Like, you don't sit. You don't stockpile all of these assets, planning to draft with every single one of them. So, the Thunder have the sixth overall pick right now, and I think that one of the things that could be really interesting to watch on draft night is do they move up from six into the top five um, because they have so much other draft compensation to, that they could that they could use. You know, it, it's easy to say that, but if you are one of those teams in the top five. You sucked all year yeah. to get into the top five. So unless you're smothered with picks, I I, I wouldn't drop down if I'm any one of those five well, teams. Especially because I think this, I mean, this is also me just only being comfortable with a certain amount of players in the draft. But I think the top four are probably clearly like yeah in in a tier of their own. People, people seem to be thinking that way. Yeah. So so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily want to drop down. You know. But I guess I would say if if you're any one of those teams in the top four or five, and you don't love one of the top four, if you don't love the top four or five projected prospect that you're left with, trading down doesn't sound terrible, does with, it? Like With OKC, I saw that they offered, for, for the first overall pick, they offered their sixth overall pick and Shagas Gilders Alexander. Is that true? It was a rumor, and, and then the Pistons said no. Huh. Which is very compelling. That's, that's that's ballsy by that, Sam Presti, that, by the way. That's so ballsy. Because and because also there ballsy is, for the Pistons. There's to say no, no guarantee that that kid Cunningham becomes the prospect that yeah. Sergio Alexander is. Now you would you would presume that he probably will, but no guarantees. I also don't think that's that's crazy, by the way. But like, interesting. Um, 
so the, I, I guess I'm mostly just folding it out there that the Thunder are a team to watch. We, uh, you know, I don't. Who knows if they'll actually be able to pull anything off? But I, I, I would expect them to be at least aggressive on the phones. Perhaps more interestingly is is the Warriors, who have seven, fourteen. James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins that all seem like they could be on the chopping block in a season where Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green are all back healthy on the and court together. None of them are getting any younger. Steph Curry's like yeah. Steph Curry's old. He's like he's like thirty three or something. Um, I have been a huge proponent. Steph Curry's th- thirty three. I've been a huge proponent, even last year, of the Warriors getting rid of their picks of their young assets you did say that with because, in relation to wise because yeah. You, yeah you're with it you're with a generational talent in mm-hmm. steph curry who's not getting any younger he just gave you mvp season last year like let's say clay was hypothetically health, healthy there and you're telling me you have an mvp steph curry and you burn this huge second overall pick asset on just a role running big i don't care if he's i don't care i do not care if he is an all-star in five years because the warriors are going to be bad in five years so who cares? Yeah. And I understand you don't know that when you're drafting as the second overall pick. But back then, I guarantee, I, I don't remember specifically, but I guarantee you off the top of my head, I would have said trade that second overall pick. You were saying that. I I, yeah. I can I confirm that, yes, you were you were saying and, that. And, and now I, I'm saying get rid of Wiseman, although it's frustrating because mm-hmm. his value is less valuable than, than the, the second, second overall pick, pick was, was last yeah, yeah. year. Um, but if I guess if you package it, I really want them to get rid of the seventh overall pick. Like it, and I, I would want them to get rid of the 14th if you want to as well, you know? Yeah. And, and like, sure, you can throw in Wiggins, you can throw in Wiseman, whatever you need to do to get, like, frankly, a third all-star, just because if you're not in this, this year or next year with Steph Curry, like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I think the Warriors do know that, which is why I was surprised they didn't, they didn't trade the second overall pick in James Wiseman. And so I, I think I would... I would bet money that they get rid of like seven and Wiggins for Siakam or something. I don't. Even, I, I, I don't agree. even think Wiseman's gonna go. I I agree I with you at face demand. value that that it makes more sense for them to go all in in the last season of Steph Curry and in in trade one or both of those picks. But I think you run into the question of like what player is available, what win now players available that you could that is that equals that value. You know what I mean? Bradley Beal, bro. Bradley Beal. I dude. I think that's that's the th- that's the thing because because. I think he's the one exception. Is is Woj because Woj Woj came out and said that he thinks that the set that, that the Warriors are going to keep seven and fourteen and draft with them, unless it's for Bradley Beal that they're going to they're going to keep the and that Bradley Beal is the one exception. I think that's a no brainer if you're the Warriors. You trade you trade that whole package if the if the Wizards ask for it for Bradley Beal. Yeah, and I th- anything I, by else. The way, by the way, if I'm the Wizards, I also do that. That's the deal I take. I don't know what else is out there, but I don't really think teams can throw together. I don't think contending teams can throw together a better package for Bradley Beal than that. The seven fourteen Wiseman in in, in that's Beal like that's really good. Really good. Wiseman and that's really good. good. Those are two. I mean, Wiggins isn't even really young at this point, but like, and that's a another good young player. That's another thing is is when when we were talking when I talked about at the beginning of the episode is of trading before draft night means that your that your picks are more flexible. This is exactly what I mean. Like. These seventh and fourteenth picks become a lot less valuable to the Wizards if they're suddenly players instead of the picks themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if if all of a sudden a month from now Bradley Beal is like, okay, now it's time to trade me. Yeah. That's a lot harder for these yeah, teams to suck. go pull off because suddenly you're trading, you know, the players themselves instead of the picks. That and this is, I, I again I keep going back to 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 Woj because Woj is the guy for this stuff. He he's he is reporting that Bradley Beal is legitimately torn between his love for the city of of DC and the organization um, and his like desire to win. That that it's like he's he's not set on being traded and, and he still wants to win in in DC. But like again, the clock's kind of ticking here because if if. He wants to get traded this offseason. Now is the moment. And if he waits till the trade deadline, you know, you know, he, I guess he could do that too, but like more complicated as well. Dude, I just realized I'm going to become a pseudo Wizards fan because I'm going to school in like in DC. Yeah. And so now I'm like, damn, do I want them to trade Bradley Beal? Yeah. Um, but no, I take my, really, really interesting. I, I take my Steph Curry fandom over my uh, College City fandom. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the day, I want the Warriors to throw the house for Bradley Beal, <laughs> and, and I, th- I think I think the Wizards should accept. I do. Yeah. Um, 
if I'm Bradley Beal, I understand. It's like I'm not even gonna say like request a trade because he can do what he wants. Uh, I think it. He. I think he would legitimately maybe win a championship if he requests a trade. And yeah. then last thing for the Warriors, hell, bro. Like we're gonna get into this, but like throw throw the house at Damian Lillard too. Like it, I, yeah, I don't think it's realistic, but yes, dude. It, yeah. What what are like the, is the Ben Simmons offer going to be the the better thing than than we'll, seven fourteen? We'll get to the we'll get to the Damian Lillard thing, but yeah, that's okay. it's a different conversation. Fine. The, another thing, this isn't this wasn't even on my notes, but I just sort of thought of it is, please, 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 Houston Rockets draft with the second overall pick, probably draft Evan Mobley too. I don't know that much about the draft, but like he seems to be the consensus number two guy. Probably. Uh, Please do not trade the second overall pick. Who, who's saying they're going to trade the second overall pick? Because there's a lot of teams that sound like they want to move up. And what the Rockets did with the Victor Oladipo for Karis Levert thing oh, yeah, that last was year was stupid. I'm I'm slightly concerned that the that the, <laughs> that that gonna the Rockets go are going to go are going to again try to try to win now <laughs> instead of just funny, investing bro. in the future. They like, would. <laughs> please, 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 just draft with the second overall pick and don't trade down. Right? Like invest in your future. Don't go to go to win now mode. Um, Again, like, I keep bringing this back up. I just think it was such a brain fart by the Rockets to, to go for Victor Oladipo and try to like go win now with John Wall, Oladipo, and Christian Wood instead of just taking care of Levert and move in, in building for the future. Wild to me. So please, 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 if you're the Rockets, just draft with the second overall. Pick. By the way, if you're the Warriors, if if the Rockets draft Evan Mobley, that's an overlap with Christian Wood. So maybe Christian Wood becomes available. I, I've heard but that as well. I. I, I've all, I've also heard that, but but I think I think talent overfit first uh, when you're drafting this high, and you're yes. not a good team. Talent or talent overfit, but also there's those are two highly talented bigs that I think could probably work it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like Christian Wood has inside out scoring ability, so I wouldn't be so concerned with the fit. Um, even if for the modern NBA, you'd probably rather Christian Wood play center than power forward. You know, but but Evan Mobley maybe hides Christian Woods less than perfect defense i yeah i i i I would think not that i'm an expert on evan mobley (laughs) moving on to the third overall pick this is one of the more interesting things in the draft to me because i think it's going to come down the the consensus three and four so so first it's going to be kate cunningham second and evan mobley and then third in all likelihood will be Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs. It it probably probably in that order it sounds like that Jalen Suggs will go to the Raptors and Jalen Green will go to the Cavs Jalen Green is a 6'5 scoring guard who played for the G League Ignite this year. You don't want to have him, Darius Garland, and Colin Sexton on the same team. No, and you don't. Even worse, you don't want to have Jalen Suggs on that team. Yeah, because he's six four and he's a pure point guard. So you're gonna have three guys who played point guard in college. And in in Jalen Green, you could say is is probably more of an an off guard. He's, he's more, more of a shooting, shooting guard than a point guard. So, but but even so, you we're talking about. Like for God's sakes, like we're talking about how you have to trade CJ McCollum or Damian Lillard because the two small point guards doesn't work. Do not add <laughs> next to Darius Garland and, and Colin Sexton, which is an even worse version of the of the CJ McCollum Damian Lillard problem. A six five small forward that can't defend. Like the, having small players that that don't excel on defense is just such a problem. The Cavs are also in a, in a weird position where. They have been having like top seven picks for the past five ye- for, for yeah. the past four years, and they keep drafting like kind of mediocre players. I don't I don't mean that in like a like a harsh way. I just don't mean like they haven't had an I, absolute yeah, hit. Yeah, right? yeah, they haven't had an absolute hit. Of like, oh, this is our guy. We're running with him. They get a guy, they get a bunch of guys who are like, okay, like he's not really on a winning team, so he's not getting that culture. I know, like, call, like I I heard an interview with Colin Sexton on the JJ Redick podcast. He's like he's like the the vet of the Cavs. Yeah. Um, and, and like, that's weird. He's like 23, 24 and, like and, and he, third year player or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, and he's having to like coach guys on how to watch film Yeah, because everyone there is so young and hasn't been there for a while. What's, what's, what's Kevin Love doing? There? Yeah. Dude, I was going to say <laughs> Kevin Love, he like low key, he might be a shitty vet. I don't know. And so, yeah. so you have him and then Darius Garland comes in and then Isaac Okoro too. Like all those guys are like, you, you don't point to them and say, that's your guy, but you also yeah. don't point to them and say bust. Yeah. True. True. I, that's but, but, why, but it's like we don't know where to go. Like, do we give up on this guy? Because like, you, he could just be so good in four years. But you know, like, are we just not going to use our pick? And so we don't. We don't. It's it's a weird situation. I would not be super surprised if the Cavs draft back. But then again, 
you have you a t- trade you, down. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised. I, but 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 the thing is, like, or like somehow like trade to where you're not getting another guard. I would. I, or you, did, or you just I trade one of your here, guards. I guess I would say I don't. I don't think that Darius Garland or Colin Sexton is such an yes, absolute. That, that's the absolute Swing for the fences pick that you're like, okay, you know what? Let's trade down and let's not just draft the most talented player that we can. I think instead you say, okay, we've got another shot at this. Let's go get our franchise player this time, and yeah. let's trade one of the guys that we're like less than jumping out of our seats about um, away. You know what I mean? Like I think. I think. People seem to be saying, you know, around the NBA world that that Darius Garland had such a breakout season last year that Colin Sexton's the one to go, even though Colin Sexton is like an 18-point-per-game score. And that's why you're hearing Colin Sexton to the Knicks and Dude, Colin Sexton rumors. Let, let's address Which, by that the for way, 30 seconds. I would go. love that. Yes. I, I would really <laughs> love fans. that. I, like, we need people. We need He's guard. exactly the kind of, like, We need scoring we guards. Need, yeah. We need people who can create off the dribble and make shots. And he can do... Mm, at least two of those things. Hopefully the third yeah. one as well. So so if I'm the Cavs in the situation, I am definitely picking up the phone for Colin Sexton rumors, and I'm just going to take whoever I like more out of Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs. I think that's, I think they're, they're not good enough. They don't have a good enough core at the moment to say, let's trade down and let's just not draft the most talented player that we can. So, so that's my opinion, even though the Cavs are in a really strange situation and, and probably the most interesting situation of, of these teams in the draft maybe followed by at number four the toronto raptors dude because that was this weird. is going to be a mix the, mix the, up Ra- kind of the raptors were awful this year in a very perplexing manner coming off of a championship a couple of years ago <laughs> and going into the season with definitely playoff expectations yeah they were everyone was projecting them to be like the four or the five seed and then they were the fourth pick and so so we'll get we'll get to some of the rumors surrounding Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. You already mentioned Pascal Siakam as a potential trade piece. So the question becomes, who do the Raptors take at number four, obviously, but in what direction are they trying to go also? Are you are you trying to get, to build around... Because I, I, think, I think the answer is that you have to build around the young core of Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Chris Boucher, and then whoever this fourth overall pick is. And maybe I'm forgetting somebody. Um, yeah, yeah, like Siakam or whoever you trade Siakam for, assuming also that Kyle Lowry is just gone. Um, like, you probably want to build towards that timeline, but you also, that is a good enough roster that you can probably still make the playoffs or at least be competing for a playoffs. Mm. So you probably want to put yourself in position to I don't know. If, I don't know. If you lose Kyle Lowry, I don't know. And, and if you trade Siakam for, like, another rookie or something. Yeah, that's like why. Wiggins, this is why like, I don't get the Siakam trade rumors but dude i i do well no siakam just like hates the raptors franchise do you know that like he, like he like, like requested really. he like requested a trade i think he he, he said he's, okay i didn't know that they, they were like fed up he's fed up with the raptors or, or done with the organization or something because I, I think straight up like pascal siakam is his trade value and similar to the ben to the ben simmons thing like all-time low trade value um not, not all-time low. Lowest it's been in a couple of years, like since he became yeah. an all-star caliber player. Since he became the Pascal Siakam that is like a household name, um, it's the lowest it's been. Is Pascal Siakam a household name? No, no. It, to, our household. To, yeah, to people who are watching this podcast. <laughs> he, to a, he's, he's a space the floor and be a podcast name. Yeah. Um, like, his trade value has, has, has dipped, I guess I'll just say. Yes. Um, and he's still young. And like, can help you win at the moment. Like, I, so I just like don't totally get like, regardless of what you're trying to do as the Raptors, why why trade him? Like, I don't, I don't get the appeal of just like giving him away for draft picks or giving him away to like get more of a win now player. Like, I don't, I don't think either way you get some you get the you get your value back. You know, so unless Pascal Siakam is forcing his way out, I don't think they should trade him. I think he is sort of forcing his way out. I, I wouldn't okay. be I wouldn't be so opposed to a Siakam trade. I think the Raptors kind of have to accept that they're really on the decline. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think like you're well, kind of you're kind of framing it as a they, they can bounce back and still be the sixth seed. I don't I don't really envision the, that the happening. Only, the only reason, not the only reason, but part of the reason I say that is because they also just played in Tampa Bay for a year. Like that that was like, weird. Like yeah. they had some extra like you know extraneous circumstances that like are kind of hard for us as as just fans to like really wrap our head around or like get a look inside of sort of so I feel like people slept on that. Yeah, like like, <laughs> that, like them Bay. going back to their 
home country, like like you know where their families like have houses and stuff. Like, like like going back to Canada, going back to Toronto will like probably make a difference. I don't know. Like I, I would think. Um, Interesting. So I think that that there's like they potentially have an excuse for like disappointing last season. <laughs> their home country, <laughs> like literally, literally, <laughs> they were playing like. You know, they went from the southern tip of the United... They went from above the United States in a different country to the southern tip of the United States. Like, that's a that's a big distance. Um, so, I don't know. That's 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 part of what I think is, like, a reason that they might bounce back a little bit. And, and maybe shouldn't trade uh, Siakam. I think the, it sounds like the Kyle Lowry thing is, like, becoming more and more likely as the days goes on. As the days go on. Yeah. In terms of who they should take it for, if you follow the... Cunningham, Mobley, Green, like lineup that we sort of just named. Suggs is the logical fourth option. And from everything that I'm hearing, you know, and we just saw his run at Gonzaga too. Oh, hopefully you did. Like that was that was pretty awesome to watch during March that Madness. That was so cool. He seems like an instant impact kind of player. Because he's smart, because he plays good defense, because Such and a even good though passer. I don't like this the like he's like a big moment guy because i just think that like uh-huh. people are only saying that because he hit that one like half court yeah. shot and as, as as incredible as that was like that's one in a thousand you know or, yeah. or whatever like expecting him to like go on to have a bunch of big moments in the nba just because he had that one shot i don't know his total i don't know that's totally fair but dude, whatever he's, I, I don't know he's a, he's a swaggy dude i i i I'm, don't I'm disagree very, i'm very pro jalen sucks but, but calling him a big a big moment guy based off that one shot is a is a maybe a little ambitious but I know. I, I think he's gonna be a stud. I think I think, okay. I think he's gonna be an all star in the to NBA. Be, to be clear, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a pro Jalen Suggs guy as <laughs> as well. I guess I would say, um, just based just based off what I saw in, in the few games that I watched during March Madness. Um, the last the last thing that I, I want to hit on as like as draft stuff is is what the Magic do. Dude, the Magic I feel like are in a weird position every year. Yeah, they're always in like the, the like the five six range. So it's like you're not getting like the guy who was a five star out of Kentucky who's been yeah. like the the like a top five projected top three projected pick his whole life. So you're not just getting an overwhelming amount of talent. I feel like they always kind of draft guys who aren't that skilled and hoping mm. that they can develop them into skilled players. I'm looking at you, Aaron Gordon. I'm looking at you, Mo Bamba. I'm looking at you, help me, who else? Jonathan Isaac? Jonathan Isaac. Um, like like mainly those three. Uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing a fourth in there somewhere. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I Because I, I, I actually heard this exact thing about the Magic is like, that they're probably going to go draft Jonathan Kuminga just because he's a giant frame you know like he's yeah. like nba body with like not that much skill that he's that his nba skills are very are very theoretical but his but his body's there and that's always a really dangerous player to draft yeah that's so dangerous and they so, always do it. and by the way they also suck at player development yes they suck at player development that's that's a that's a really bad combo is going for that's the worst the combo hot, the, like the going for the project player while not having the 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 the, the tools to like turn the project into a uh, at least they haven't showed yet that they have the tools to do this. Turn the turn the project player into like a legit, yeah, bro, like star. Let, let's break it down. Like Victor Oladipo got drafted with them, and then he got good when he was traded away. Yeah. Maybe because he, you know, had better player development. Mario Hazonia, that's a yeah. that's a strikeout. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a strikeout. Aaron Gordon, we talked about him already. Demonte Sabonis only got good when he got traded away. Yep. Um, and then John Isaac. Like honestly, like I feel like NBA fans are very pro John Isaac. We still haven't really seen that much from him on the and, offensive and, yeah. end. His uh, defense is great. Mo Bamba looks not good. Looks like a not good yes. pick. Chumo Kiki, I think he's been injured. He hasn't really done that much. He had some moments this year, but I think it was only because um, the, the the Magic were so injured. Yeah, and then Cole Anthony didn't really do that much this year either. But he Cole Anthony he was injured a little bit. Cole Anthony is kind of the polar opposite of the pick that they're used to doing. Mm. Like he's kind of like a not that good frame, but hella so, so skilled. So maybe so maybe they don't go with Kuminga. I guess I, the only reason I bring this up is, is is it's more it's more like do the Magic go for the same mold of player again of like the not that maybe not that skilled yet and you just like hope that eventually like it'll work out like they'll just get a lot better um 
I kind of call it like the Kawhi Leonard mold because I think that because, since since Kawhi Leonard that this kind of pick has become a lot more popular going for the guy who doesn't have the shooting touch but has great like defensive instincts and um and has an NBA body because because you know Kawhi Leonard came into the Spurs and became all of a sudden a knockdown mid-range shooter literally one of the best mid-range shooters in the M- in the NBA um and now is is a go-to scorer as well as having that defensive potential. But I think that happens so rarely, and, p- and teams are try- constantly trying to recreate that, and it's it's sort of it's dangerous because Dude, do you know what it else rarely is, happens. Do you know what else is dangerous? Drafting a wing, not not a big, a wing who shoots, who who this year, in, in, the, in the Ignite like G League or whatever, he shot less than 39% from, from the, the field. field. Yeah. And he shot less than 25% from three. Yep. And and, and the, it's the not like he has about, a good touch either. He, he shot sixty two percent from the free throw line too. Like that's the thing about, that's that's scary. I don't I don't like that. The thing about Kaminga is is he I think he reclassified so he's like a full year younger yeah, than he than he that's than true. a lot of the guys in this draft. Um, even like the youngest guys in the draft. So it makes him maybe a little more intriguing, but still a little a little scary maybe. Um, it, even though he seems like the kind of guy that the Magic would fall in love with. Dude, the, I, I find this very funny. So, advanced stats of strength is age <laughs> and, yeah. and rebounds. Like, oh, those aren't really the things you want. And those advanced stats to improve, uh, uh, like, effective field goal percentage, turnovers, and basically every shooting stat. <laughs> Dude, that's so that's out of pocket. That's brutal. That's brutal. That's so out of pocket, what, bro. What upset is that? Uh grizzly bear blues it, it's the it's the it's the grizzlies page of of sb nation okay the, dude that's hilarious i guess i guess it's not like super official if it's sb nation yeah oh my no offense sb nation let's wow dude that was so funny we, I, we, i'm scared bro i'm scared i don't like the, the magic suck at developing players yeah but i don't know who they would t- i don't know i don't know there's the guy i forget what his name is bow knight uh um, <laughs> His name's like B O U K N I G H T, like his last name. Oh, Bonite. I forget what his first I, I, name is. Yeah. Uh, so the Magic have the, I think the fifth pick and the eighth pick. I could be so you know fact check me on that. Um, but I I I would I think like going for Bonite like the 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 unbelievable score, um, uh, just like the, the, who seems like he's he's an instant like you know shot creator bucket getter, um, and maybe the rest will come later. You know what I mean? Like. That might be not not be a bad pick for the. They, they might the, get him at eight. Yeah, the Orlando has the eighth pick. I guess so. So I guess what I guess what I'm saying is if the if the Magic swing for the fences with Kuminga at five or or one of the other you know like big wings that like is is low skill high like frame physicality potential I guess um, like Kai Jones also comes to mind as like somebody who might be top ten um, for those reasons. Um, then I think they should probably go with a more like they should they should as in they should stagger their picks. You know, if they go maybe you go yeah. with Bo Knight and Kuminga, like you, you don't go with the same kind yeah. of player for both. Good call. Good call. Um let's let's get to the Damian Lillard slash CJ McCollum trade rumors because you already went to bring this up. Yeah, so the deal with that is originally some Okay. <laughs> I, I'm trying to contain my my rage for uh, NBA sports media. So so someone like was like Damian Lillard wants a trade to the Knicks. Yeah. Um. Just this guy who ha- should have any media pass ever revoked, uh, tweets that because he knows it'll get a lot of clicks because the Knicks are in the title and because it's Damian. Not only because it's Damian Lillard because the Knicks are in the title. Yeah. This happens every year. They Photoshop whoever they want onto a Knicks jersey in order to get clicks and then people clown Knicks fans when we don't get these people. Personally, I never expect to get them at all. Uh, Damian Lillard's my second favorite player. I saw that tweet and I just laughed. I'm like, no, they're like, we're not getting him. What are, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so, and, and then, like, then people are like, are, did you ask for a trade? Did you ask for a trade? He kind of said like, like, we'll the, see. In the Team USA interview. Yeah. He basically said, we'll see. Like, I, you, I don't know. You that, construe I it as differently than I, than I do. I, I, here's what I think I guess like I guess I'm just gonna like launch into my my opinion on this I think there's there's very very little chance that Dame Lillard gets traded this offseason um I read his his interviews and stuff since since the that those those like 
seemingly false rumors that he was requesting a trade have come out. His, his interviews since then have all sounded to me like he was saying, I'm not requesting a trade, but I'm unhappy with the front office because our team has looked too similar for yes. too long. And so if, if they want me to not request a trade at the deadline or next season, then now is the moment to to do something different, basically. So I, I read it as Damian Lillard not saying that he's requesting a trade, but definitely putting pressure on the front office to go out and make a change, which to me points all fingers at CJ McCollum and away from Damian Lillard for the moment. I think for this offseason, the, the, the Trailblazers don't have to worry that that they might have to just turn around and trade Damian Lillard. I don't think they have to take calls for Damian Lillard. I think they have to worry about keeping Damian Lillard by trading CJ McCollum for something that fits with Dame better, hopefully. And if that's the case, I only see I one realistic package like floating around there, what's which that? is which is the straight up Ben Simmons or CJ McCollum swap. You know, like if I'm the if I'm the Sixers, I don't do that. And if I'm the Blazers, I don't even think that's a great fit with Damian Lillard. Why, why not do it if you're the Sixers? If I'm the Sixers, I still think that Ben Simmons is the is significantly more valuable of an asset than CJ McCollum. I think because I don't I don't do, disagree. I don't disagree because I, by the way, the average NBA fan is forgetting that Ben Simmons was second in Defensive Player of the Year voting. It's first team All All Defense. And a two time All Star. He was an yeah. All Star this year, and he is, was an All Star last year. Is like. 24 like like he's really young by the way like he's also he's in the same draft class as brandon ingram and and uh jalen brown and jamal murray and he's like ranked behind all of those guys in terms of who would you rather have on your team he's the only one of those guys who's who's a two-time all-star yeah yeah ben simmons ben simmons is is his I, his perceived value around the league, I think, is a lot higher than than NBA fans realize. But I, I still I think say. it's lower than it should be. Yes, p- probably true, right? Like, I think justifiably, people are scared of his playoff performance, especially his his like free throw shooting and his hesitation to do anything on offense. I think a lot of that would be improved by a change of scenery, and I think that that front offices around the league believe that. So, I think that. I think that that, he, that that the asking price for the 76ers definitely has to be lowered. Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I agree. Like, CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons straight up, the value doesn't match. But the 76ers have been sitting on Ben Simmons while, pe- while people have been saying they have to trade him for too long at this point for them to get something in return for Ben Simmons that equals the value. I think, I, I think CJ McCollum plus a first-round pick would do it. Like at, at this point, like I, I think if you're if you're the seventy sixers, you take that because I think even though you lose value, it makes you a lot more likely to win the championship next season. Like maybe, maybe because because straight up, like what do you lose? You lose defense, but you still have Matisse Thybul, who is an all defensive caliber player. You have Joel Embiid, who's a defensive player of the year caliber player. Like that is that team is not going to suddenly become a bottom, you know, bottom half of the league defense. Like, the Rudy Gobert effect is real. Like if when you have an elite shot, shot blocker like a uh, like a Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert, Joel Embiid, like that is going to propel you instantly to being probably a top five or ten defense in the league. You add one of the most lockdown guys that that are in the league right now, and Thibel already in his like th- in his third year next year. Like that's that's going to be a pretty good defensive team. And so while you while you definitely lose defense of Ben Simmons, you add the perimeter score down the stretch that the 76ers so sorely need. So like, do you lose something in Ben Simmons? Absolutely. But the the value that you lose is more than the on-court player that you lose. You know what I mean? I also for the for the Blazers side of things, I think Damian Lillard would like unlock something with Ben Simmons mentally because he's just like widely known around the league as like one of the five best like teammate like kind of leader Damon guys Lillard, yeah well imagine Damon Lillard playing off ball <laughs> by the way like 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 that was that's one of the most beautiful things about the Warriors is that yeah. because of Draymond Green Steph Curry has been able to play off ball where he's the one running off a screen Damon Lillard hasn't been able to do that like ever right like, <laughs> like, like, like ever like, like ever <laughs> like 
<laughs> imagine if you if you could have, and in in, I just think the Trailblazers would be able to use Ben Simmons way better than he would than he than he's being used in Philly right now. To I agree. To be, to be honest, um, I think you you just wouldn't get the same situations where you have Ben Simmons standing on the block watching as as somebody else isos. But like if you're the Trailblazers front office and you see Damian Lillard saying give me one more year and then i'm out unless you do something that's legit and then we go somewhere because he specifically said like i'm at a point in my career where it's about championships like if that's your move you're like barely getting upgraded like if that's the move you make after six because, years of of the same thing because i don't know what the the, the trailblazers were in defensive rating last year like it was three. bad it was bad Adding maybe Ben Simmons could come out next year if he's on the Trailblazers and win Defensive Player of the Year. Add adding like, you know, an all defensive first team guy, plus taking away your your extreme height disadvantage, plus allowing uh, giving giving Damian Lillard the best pick and you know pick and roll partner he's had maybe ever, and because because I think that Ben Simmons is an incredible athlete and and can definitely stretch the floor vertically. You know what I mean. Um, and then also you give Ben Simmons the rock to bring up the court and it allows Damon Lillard to play off ball. I just think that it adds a ton of versatility to the offense that you don't have with CJ McCollum and it makes their defense straight up way better. You do, does it hurt to not have a second shot creator? Um, yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Like, like I, I've been saying all, all, they got to bring back all, Norman Powell. Cause true. He's, he's going to actually be their guy. And by the way, like Norman Powell I, is is damn good. Like he another good. underrated guy. Like like he's <laughs> he, like, he, he wasn't that good. much worse than CJ McCollum in the playoffs. That's a take right there. Did didn't CJ McCollum like not have that good of a playoff? Still, bro, he's still like a much better player. I, I just just saying like wow. he didn't play that much better. Norman Powell didn't play that much worse than CJ McCollum in the playoffs, right? I. I could be wrong about that. I, 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 I could be wrong about that. I, I want to say that like their stats in the playoffs like weren't that different. Okay. Um, Maybe. So so like don't you know don't don't come at me too hard for that. Um, Season McCall was definitely better than Norman Powell. Yes, but like but like could Norman Powell fulfill a second shot creator role to some to some to some extent? Like I think I think maybe. Um, but but I. By the way, like I, I I've been a big advocate for the for the Suns. I started to say like. The Suns. I think part of the reason they were so awesome. Uh, is because they had two elite shot creators in Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and part of the reason I didn't like the Jazz is is because I thought you had Donovan Mitchell, uh, who was at that caliber, and, and nobody else. Um, so I don't know. I'm a believer in you needing two shot creators, and I'm not sure that Norman Powell counts, and CJ McCollum <laughs> does count, but but the defensive problems I think are too big to overcome. Norman Powell better than CJ McCollum. That's, so that's you. So I'm saying I'm saying Damian Lillard is not going to get traded this offseason, and I am pro the Ben Simmons CJ McCollum swap. Let's take a second to just laugh at the Kuz and KCP thing that, that they've been offered to like every team in the league. That's funny. The the, the poor, Lakers, poor Lakers. They, the Lakers they are trying desperately <laughs> to replace Dennis Schroeder because he seems like he might not be coming back. He's and, kind of a bum for that. Seem to be failing. He's kind of a bum. What's Oh my god! <laughs> Just for for walking away from four years, eighty million dollars when yeah. you probably deserved that last year, but you like when you almost won six man of the year. But he then came you, back from COVID and was not good. Yeah, he was like, he wasn't like good. He, he was he was pretty bad at basketball relative to NBA standards, mm -hmm. and that was very upsetting. And then the Lakers offered him way more money than he deserved, and he said no. He wanted more, which is hilarious as well. Because if you're Rob Flinger, you're like, what more can I do? Like, yeah, I, I can't. I don't really have the money to replace this guy, but I do, can't. I can't give him more money. Do, do you think at this point, like, so say, so first step is is Dennis Schroeder still on the Lakers next year? No, I don't think so. Are are one of Kuzma and KCP still on the Lakers next year? I think KCP is. I think and Kuzma's, Kuzma's not. not. Just because Kuzma actively said, I want a bigger role, and I don't yeah. think the lakers are a good fit I, I agree and i i think i think kcp like he's only getting thrown in because he's like the only contract they can trade yeah like, I, I think it's like i feel a little bad for kcp but like yeah. in order to make a trade with Kuz work they might also have to, to package kcp away he um, kcp is good man he hits yeah. his threes plays defense yeah um there's three big teams that i want to talk about and really ship to, to free agency as like 
dang, these teams have got a lot to work with. They're like a lot, to, not not, to, not a lot to work with, like not in terms of a lot of money to spend, but a lot of they're on a tight budget crunch and like they have to figure stuff out. So those are the Phoenix Suns, the Brooklyn Nets, and the New Orleans Pelicans. For the Phoenix Suns, it's not a matter of today. It's a matter of yeah. DeAndre Eaton is going to need his an bag. extension. And Mikhail Bridges is going to need his he's, extension. He's come out and said he wants like $20 million a year. Yeah. And like more. He's, and he's like, going to get $20 million like, a year. Like Mikhail yeah. wants his twenty five. Yeah. But like, honestly, like before this playoff run, I would have even said like he doesn't deserve it. He... He'll, he, because he I, is going I, to I get would, it, regardless I, I, of if he deserves it. Some team is going to offer him over yeah, twenty million. Yeah, and and the thing for me would be like, okay, like at the end of the day, he's he's like a little bit more than a really really good three and D guy. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, he's kind of shaping his game into just more than a three and D guy, because even in the playoffs, he's out here taking mid range pull ups and he's making them, and that I feel like that's going to unlock a whole new level to his game because we. For me, with the Phoenix Suns, the only issue is, outside of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, you have three guys who can't create their own shot. Mikhail Bridges is clearly the third shot creator on that team now, yeah. unless campaign goes god mode. Well, here's the thing. is like There's also going to be a lot of teams in this year's draft that are trying to recreate the next like Mikhail Bridges. They're going to try to draft the next Mikhail Bridges. That is going to be so hard to do, because finding a guy that's a knockdown three-point shooter, but can also go defend the other team's best player... like. The, the number the number of like you know top twenty five defenders in the NBA top twenty five perimeter defenders in the NBA just like is a short list like that's like you're just realistically like you're not gonna find that in every draft class like so um so Mikel Bridges like as as much as you might be thinking like he's a role player he doesn't deserve twenty five million like that's that kind of player is just so valuable that can, that can hit threes and that can that can clamp up like every team wants a wants a Mikel Bridges guy. And by the way, Chris Paul is also a free agent. Like yes. some he, pe- some he people has are a trying forty million dollar option this yes, year. But yeah. people want him to go to the Lakers so badly. Which, it's kind of pathetic. Which is um, like I I bro. will bet my left pinky toe that he stays with the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> so what ha- what ha- what happens if he doesn't stay with the Phoenix Suns? We have to, do we have to do we have to live stream us? Yeah, yeah. Live, live stream <laughs> amputated. I'll put it under your pillow like the Tooth Fairy. That's how we go viral. <laughs> that is how we go viral. We broke, <laughs> guys. We broke. This is all a scheme. It's all a scheme. You we, that means we really believe that we're actually placing our bet on him leaving the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we crack the YouTube algorithm. The toe the toe fairy. <laughs> Anyways, the Phoenix Suns have no have no cap space. I can't believe that just went on the internet. Um, the Phoenix Suns have no cap space. I think they're just gonna try to bring back all their guys. Yeah. Some people were trying to say like I, I heard someone say like oh if if they push Jay Crowder to the bench they can maybe try to get someone who's basically Jay Crowder but who can create off the dribble. I don't think they have the money for that. Someone Isn't that, the Phoenix going to spend more money this offseason? Yeah. Like, like, no, they, they were saying, like, oh, they could trade for Joe Ingles. I, I, don't I think, think the Phoenix Suns just have to try to maintain everybody from this year. Like, because it, the, the problem is, like, it's not even that, that all that, like, Aiton Bridges campaign or free agents this year, because they're not. But if you want to extend them, you kind of have to do that this year, because I think next summer they become free agents. Yeah. So right now you probably are going to end up paying Chris Paul that $40 million player option, but in the same offseason that you're going to have to pay him that player option, or that he's going to sign that player option, you would like to be also extending all these guys, which is just like a hard thing to be dealing with. Let's jump over to the Nets, though. That's the second of the three teams I mentioned. Brooklyn Nets, they're just in the same position that they were in this year. It's just a matter of let's try to get enough okay role players to where we're not literally well, playing three-on-five. We're just sort of playing three-on-five. The, the added thing, though, is that they have the opportunity this offseason to extend all three members of the big three. Do they? Yes. Interesting. So that's... Like, I presume they would just do that. But tough to do that and then also go spend more money, I think, is the problem. So... First, first of all, getting all three guys to resign is a challenge in itself. Like to 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 resign to, or to sign extensions is a challenge in itself. So, but but if they manage to do that, then they also have the problems of Jeff Green just earned himself a way bigger contract than he's on. Yeah, your, your Georgetown man. Um, 
there were some games in, the, in that Bucks series where, where Jeff Green. There was one game in particular where Jeff Green had like twenty eight or something. We were there, bro. He yeah, had, he had twenty seven. On that like was seven threes. He was nuts. So so Jeff Green earned a bigger contract that he's on because he's on like not much more than the minimum right now. Yeah. Um, I feel like he always does that. Like he was on like the LeBron Cavs teams and was making shots. He so, just always goes to a, a random contender and just gets buckets. So, so, so like <laughs> the Nets would love to have Jeff Green back, but if he wants more money than a minimum, like they can't really afford that. Yeah. Same thing is is probably true of Blake. Like I think I don't. I, this might no, be the last I, year. No, I think Blake would just want to come back. I agree. I and 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 Woj said, um, I think that 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 Blake is expected to just like resign. But if he doesn't want to sign for a minimum, once again, like like if Blake is like, give me twelve million instead of five, oh right? Like, they're not paying that. Like, there's no way that, that that's a problem though. Like, yeah. like he's because because he deserves that. By the way, like Blake Griffin was very good for the net for the Nets, like especially on defense this this playoffs run. Um, th- I'm just saying they have they have a few guys who might might want more money than the Nets are able or willing to give, and they that shouldn't be too much of a problem because there are always going to be guys who are willing to go to a championship contending team for a pay cut. Um, but but it is it that is that it, the Nets are going to have to do some juggling. I don't know. I, I think they're going to be able to find like three guys yeah. who sh- who sign pretty cheap deals, dude. As long as they can roll out a seven man roster, they're probably the finals favorites yeah no i I agree i agree and and the last one is the pelicans um one of the biggest stories of this offseason honestly might end up being lonzo ball um because it seems like the pelicans are very hesitant to match a big offer sheet for lonzo ball because if you don't know that's how restricted free agency works and and lonzo a restricted free agent which means he has the option to go agree to a deal with another team. The one that's being thrown out there the most that I've seen is the Chicago Bulls. I think the Clippers are also interested, but I don't think they could offer him a big enough deal that the Pelicans wouldn't just match it. Um, but but the Bulls could um, and, and probably will offer him a big contract. But let's say he go he goes and agrees to some $25 million a year. It, it would probably be even more uh, with the Bulls. The Pelicans can say, "No, we're going to match that," and we're and they they end up paying him that exact same contract, except he stays in the Pelicans instead of going to the Bulls. That's what restricted that's what restricted free agency means. So, he he goes to the Bulls unless the Pelicans then decide to match it. Is basically what, how it works. Or he could just straight up decide to re-sign with the, with the Pelicans. But another team can force the Pelicans to sign him to a big contract, essentially. The, I don't think anyone's dropping like twenty five million dollars on Lonzo Ball. If they're gonna drop twenty five million on Mikel Bridges, you don't think they would on Lonzo Ball? No. So you 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 think Mikel is more valuable than Lonzo? Yes. Interesting. I think the average NBA fan would not agree. Although I don't hate that take at all. Really? Um, Maybe the finals is clouding my judgment, well, but like, I think that's kind of a no brainer. Yeah, I just think like Lonzo's younger playmaker, playmaker and defender at the point guard position, and he's big. Like he's got potential. I I just think like. Also, also NBA fans are like weirdly high on the Ball Brothers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so Mikhail's only one year straight. older. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, like I'm a huge Mikhail Bridges fan, so I'm not gonna like call you crazy for a second. <laughs> um, and I, I don't even necessarily disagree, but I, I do think that that former second overall pick Lonzo Ball is going to get money. Like, like some team is gonna go offer him a lot. Probably the Chicago Bulls. Like, I, like I keep saying. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if the if the Pelicans decide to match that offer sheet because they could choose to match it and then trade him, or they could let him walk and then they have money to go spend on another point guard, aka probably Kyle Lowry, right? Um, it'll be interesting. That like this is this is a uh, to see what they do basically with the money that's been freed up with that Jonas Valanciunas for Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams trade. Um, the Pelicans have a chance to chance to do something at the point guard position that is a little bit, uh, you know, spicy. Um, I just which, got sucked down a rabbit hole of Ball and the Family TV show on Facebook. Dude, I kind of forgot that was a thing. That was a fever dream. I mean, I never watch it, but, like, that existing was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. They, like, they like really tried to make that a thing, too, didn't they? Yeah. I know, like, now LiAngelo's uh, on, the, on the Hornets G League team, or a summer league team. He's there I for one reason. Yeah, because of Melo. 
I don't even think he's good. Like he's not. He's probably in all likelihood not going to make the uh, no I, the I actual do. roster. No, but. I I think he's going to make the actual roster so the Hornets can make Lamelo happy. Unless like like, like the thirteen man Hornets roster, not the G League roster. Like I think the, it's like fifteen. Okay. Yeah. But but he was he didn't he hasn't even been in the G League. Like he's been like out out of the league. Like no even no even G League team was willing to pick him up because he oh, yeah. he was on the OKC Blue and then they dropped him. Damn. So he's like really out of the league. Okay, so then maybe maybe so not. he's not going to make not. the Hornets regular roster. Is yeah. like they'll they'll they're keep they're taking him in summer league to do Lamelo a favor. But yeah, I think honestly no, I think like once it's contract time, they're going to sign him. Once it's Lamelo's contract time, they're going to sign him, and just be like, hey, we have your brother. I mean, yeah. Thanasis two point Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, interesting. Interesting. The, the last kind of thing that, that that would make this offseason absolutely wild is if Kawhi Leonard, for some reason, decided not to stay in He's LA. staying. But that's not going to happen. He's staying. And so, for the most part, we kind of hit on all the on all the, all the the biggest rumors. Um, the, the the Bradley Beal thing will be will be really interesting to follow. That is, he's yeah. probably going to be the biggest name that is I bet I bet realistic. he gets moved. You think before... Before game one of the Wizards season, yes. he, he's he's no longer there. Yes, I, I think he's I think he's gone, and I think Pascal Siakam's gone, okay. and Kyle Lowry is gone. Where it, where would you say is the most likely destination for each of those guys? I think Siakam Warriors. Interesting. I think Lowry. Low key Lowry Lakers. Low key. Lowry to the Lakers. Hmm, okay. Do you, uh, how about this? Kyle Lowry, wherever DeMar DeRozan ends up. Dude, I, 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 I was thinking about that the other day. If DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry were both in the Lakers. That'd be I don't really know, freaking hype. I don't know how the money would work on that. They'd, <laughs> They'd have that to sign minimum. so incredibly unrealistic, but like, I hope to God that happens. Um, that would be so cool. And then, who was his last name? Bradley uh, Beal. Bradley, Bradley Beal. Beal. I think Bradley Beal... It's crazy. You already used Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> also Warriors. <laughs> also Warriors. One of them will be on the Warriors. Wait, wait, is this true? Is it? Oh, I, yeah. I think one of okay, them will okay, be okay. on the If we're talking likelihood, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think one of them will be on the okay, Warriors. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Floor NBA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe. We're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout out to Ball and the Family TV show.